Is this a spiritual podcast? <laughs> sure is. You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio, the realest conversation on spirituality, finding your truth, and creating a life that honors your soul. I'm your host, Megan Hale, and together we'll grow in more faith, more love, and doing our holy work in the world. We've always been holy, and we were born to be wild. Permission to be both is granted. This is Wild and Holy Radio, unscripted and unplugged, and I am scared out of my mind to record this podcast. (laughs) Before we get started, I'm going to start with some ideas or thoughts from Elizabeth Gilbert, what she talks about in Big Magic, where she says, your motivation for creating art shouldn't be to save others, it should be to save yourself. And this episode is very much that. Um, You might have noticed that last week I didn't put out an episode, which is the first time I've actually skipped the podcast in over two years since I started podcasting. And to be quite honest, I just was not in a good headspace to um, give anything. I had a lot of heaviness on my heart, and I spent um, two weekends ago like really just feeling very melancholy and overwhelmed and broken and sad, and I didn't understand where those feelings were coming from. I had some ideas, and I was really, really scared (laughs) about those ideas because I knew that it was going to call me to... Um, approach something that hurt and that I didn't really want to look at, but I needed to. So, (laughs) oh my gosh, my life, you guys. You know, when I started Wild and Holy Radio, I was like, this is going to be so fun. (laughs) We're going to talk about redefining our divinity and living our truth and creating a life that honors our soul. And we're going to talk about like redefining God, our concepts of God, the universe, source, spirit, how we awaken to the divinity that's within us. And, you know, what's so ironic to me (laughs) is that when I started this podcast, I had no idea that it was going to require me to look at all of the things that have interfered with my ability to awaken to the divinity within me. And I had no idea that it was going to ask me to go back um, to where a lot of this stuff began um, that really created some confusion around who God was and who I needed to be in order to be worthy of God's love. And if you've been listening, um, you're a listener of the Enoughness Revolution, You know, I talked about um, going back to church this year and this whole journey that really started in 2016 of the election cycle, just bringing a lot of stuff up to the surface for me around um, Christianity and pushing a lot of really bad, negative, toxic agendas through the lens of Christianity. And I'm like, "This, this can't be right. This can't be what Christianity is about. Why is this making me feel this way? And then I read Love Warrior, which cracked me open in all kinds of ways. And, you know, Glennon talked about finding a church. And I was like, wow, maybe there's, um, maybe there's a place for me out there. 
So I started searching and I found a really beautiful church. And it was everything I've ever been looking for that talked about God the way that I know God. And there's been just a lot of things coming up for me lately around how much division we create when we are teaching people that there's only one way to worship and there's only one way to go to heaven and there's only one way to do A, B, C, D, E, you name it. Um, It creates these boxes and it keeps people separate. And the past couple of weeks I've been looking at um, how does this happen and what's my role in it? So um, just to back up and give you a little bit of context here before I just cry my eyes out on my podcast. Um, <clears throat> there was a Facebook post that I saw two weeks ago about the lack of intersectionality um, in spirituality that a lot of the spiritual teachers that people follow are white women and that there aren't women of color being represented equally. And I was watching this thread and it was really intense and it brought a lot of things up to the surface for me. And, um, one of the things that I started thinking about is why, why is it like that? Um, why is there not so much intersectionality in the spiritual realm or circuit? And I started thinking back to um, church and my childhood. And um, I am <laughs> trying really hard not to make things right or wrong because I don't think that that's helpful. Um, but I'm looking back and I'm like, wow, like it's interesting that nobody ever questioned these things. Um, I grew up in, in a white church in the South and in the South, it's very commonplace, like even to this day um, for there to be white churches and black churches. And I remember, um, you know, asking, asking people growing up why that was the case. And the answers were kind of like, well, they have their church and we have ours, or they can have their church so we can have ours. And that was really like all that went into it. <laughs> and looking back now, I realize like how much that sets in motion for um, like racial hierarchy. Because growing up in an all-white church, like there was not a, a single person of color in that congregation, and you're being taught um, Christian ideals to love your neighbor as yourself, and as you're looking around, the only neighbors that are there are people who look like you, <clears throat> and it says so much without saying a thing, if you know what I mean. Um, it's creating a subculture, and as I was reflecting on this, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of the spiritual women that I know, they actually went into spirituality 
because they wanted more freedom from religion. Religion was not a good fit for them. And I can't speak for all churches. I've only been to one church my whole life, um, maybe for the most part. Um, but I could probably guess that <laughs> I'm probably not the only person who grew up in a segregated church, especially in the South. Um, there might have been um, maybe like a few people of color in mostly white churches. And I don't know what other people's experiences are. I can only really speak from mine. What I find interesting is that so many of us spiritual women have gone in search of refuge from um, the system that really kind of felt oppressive to a lot of us um, because all religions are patriarchal except for like Buddhism for the most part. Um, all the main religions are more or less patriarchal in their conservative interpretation. So if you grew up in any sort of conservative ideology, whether it's the Jewish faith, Christian faith, Hindu faith, whatever faith it is, um, you know what I'm talking about. There's all of these nuances that tell you that you are made to keep a man company, basically. <laughs> um, like you were put here for man. And all these other ideas around what it means to be a good woman and a good wife and be selfless and be a helper and be all of these things, <clears throat> which is probably why I love Warrior, you know, spoke to me so deeply because Glennon talks about the word Ezra, which means helper. Like that's how it's one way of interpreting it. But Ezra also means warrior. Um, and Ezra is used to describe woman, right? Um, and I feel like so much has just been lost in translation, like so, <laughs> and I'm angry about it. I'm angry because all of this stuff I feel like is contributing to the world and how broken it feels right now, especially in regards to like racial divides and racial discrimination and racism in general. And, you know, the past two weeks I've been really sitting with how 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 did we get here and how do we fix it and what do I need to do in order um, to do something different and you know my first thought is well I want to just tear everything down and burn it down and just dim dismantle the shit out of it because it's wrong and it's bad and it's hurting people <laughs> right that's the rebellious side of me and um, you know part of this I guess, religious revisiting that I've been going through of going back to church and um, I still haven't opened a Bible, still don't even own a Bible. Um, I mean, there's lots of barriers that I have put up um, in terms of learning about like who Jesus was because his name has just been so tarnished and twisted um, in my personal experience of that. That it's like, I don't, I just have no interest in learning about him. Um, because if the, if the people who follow him act like this, I have no interest <laughs> in following him. Right. And now I'm realizing that, oh, um, that was really just the narrative. It's, it's a narrative, um, that has been controlled for centuries and centuries and centuries and centuries. And I'm just no longer interested in hearing somebody else's narrative about it. Right. So if you're not going to listen to anybody else's narrative, you have to go and seek out the information for yourself. And, you know, the more I get to know Jesus and what he was about, 
Um, you know, he was a disruptor and a dismantler. And it's like, well, that's what I'm going to be. That's what I want to do, you know. But here's the thing. Jesus really was about creating something new instead of spending his energy dismantling the old. And that struck me today as I was thinking about what the hell I was going to talk about on today's podcast, because I feel like this is just such a jumble of thoughts right now. Like this is real time unraveling and unbecoming, and it's messy, messy and vulnerable and painful, and it sucks, and ugh, it's not fun, um, and it's really scary. It's really scary to um, share this in real time. But as I was thinking about that this morning, it's like, you know, it's not about tearing and burning the old stuff down as much as it is being really intentional about the, the new invitation that you want to create. And that's what I'm sitting with today. And that feels like a very big, massive spiritual question and that I don't have the answers to. Um, that's just kind of what this past two weeks of unraveling has, has brought me to of this massive question of what is the invitation that you're standing for? What was the invitation Jesus was standing for? And you can look towards him, right? Um, you can also look towards all of the other spiritual teachers who have some wisdom to share on this because Jesus wasn't the only smart guy in the world, right? Um, so anyways, back to the whole thing about spiritual white women, <laughs> which feels so weird for me to say, because I feel like I'm, I'm like literally calling myself out here. <laughs> so we ran away from the patriarchal ideologies of conservative religion only to recreate a still very segregated, um, platform for white women where there are still not women of color represented equally. There are still not marginalized voices being called in. So here's where I was sitting with all this. As I'm, uh, you know, growing up in the South, I, I grew up, my parents, like their um, generation, like they grew up when segregation was still legal. Like they still remember going to segregated schools. Okay. And this was like sort of just normal to them. Um, it's part of their culture and being in a segregated church just kind of became normal to me. And I didn't ever really question it. And I think there's, there's this thing that I'm being um, open to and dissecting that, you know, there's overt racism um, there's overt prejudice. And then there's this other sneaky little thing that happens that I think so many more of us are guilty of, myself included, which is probably why I feel so raw and vulnerable. That it's so it's one thing to purposefully keep people out, but it's also just as damaging not to intentionally invite them in. And that's where I've been the past couple of weeks. Because my whole life, I have been living this, under this veil, like, oh, I'm, I'm not racist. I love all people. And I haven't been purposefully keeping people out, but I also haven't intentionally been inviting them in. 
And I think that that's just as dangerous. So I was thinking about, um, you know, what's a good metaphor for this? <laughs> because I know this stuff is hard to talk about. It's, it's uncomfortable to talk about. And it's really um, disconcerting for me to look at the way, like, religion plays a role in this and without like trying to blame religion, but also seeing like religion is an institution. Like that's what it is. It's an institution with its own cultural norms, ideologies, beliefs, and agendas. It is. And how much of our current world climate has been embedded in that and not just Christianity, all religions, because all religions have their flaws, right? All of them. Um, especially like in any extremist case, which I think we can all agree. So, all this to say. I was thinking, you know, dropping my kid off at um, daycare today. I was like, it's kind of like when you're growing up and you're, you know, in grade school and there's someone that's getting bullied and you're not the one that's bullying them but you're also not standing up for them either. And, you know, I look at um, teen suicide today, even like preteen suicide today, those numbers just keep on climbing um, due to bullying. And it's like, where's the intervention here? You know, because it's one thing to kind of say, well, I'm not directly causing it. Yeah, but you're also not intentionally preventing it either. <laughs> and <laughs> there has to be like, some balance with that. And I think I'm just kind of starting to like wake up to, well, I haven't intentionally been doing this or been contributing to it, but I also haven't been intentionally dismantling it either. And that's, I think, where the rubber hits the road for me. And then the question is, well, what the hell does that look like? <laughs> What does, what does intentionally creating something new look like, right? Um, because to be quite honest, like I have no personal agenda in coming after conservative Christians or conservative. I, I, it's just not a good use of my time or energy. I would much rather put my time and energy into creating something new, a different invitation, a different kind of church, if you will. And that's, ah, man, that's um, asking me to ask myself a lot of big questions that I don't have answers to, nor do I have um, role models really in my life um, to look towards. So I'm kind of feel like I'm starting at ground zero a little bit. And, and that's okay. <laughs> Ground zero is a hell of a place to start to, to rebuild something or build something new. It is actually the best place to start. So the past couple of weeks have been um, like this deep spiritual unraveling for me because I've been um, aware that the spirituality I've been living and teaching has been missing a really big component to that. And that's like the social justice piece. And <clears throat> it's so easy to want to stay out of politics because it's a dangerous, dangerous firestorm out there, right? I mean, who the hell wants to enter that space? <laughs> Nobody, because it's scary and people get roasted. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. I have no interest in being thrown upon a fire or crucified or any of those things. <laughs> but yet, 
the knowing that I have at this point in time that it's no longer enough to to kind of um, pat myself on the back and say, oh, Megan, well, you're not, you're not directly contributing to the problems. Yeah, good for you. That's great. But you're also not intentionally doing anything to change it or fix it. And that's, that's the big piece. So I think maybe at some point during your personal growth journey. I mean, I, I don't know. This is so new to me. <laughs> Maybe you get to this point where you you have liberated yourself enough to realize that there's so much more work to be done in healing the world. And I think it, it has to start with us. It has to start with each of us. Um, that's how change begins because that's what we can control. I can control what I do. I can't control what any of you think, believe, do, act upon, whatever nor can I control how you feel, how any of this lands with you. Um, it's, been, it's been a hard space to be in, I'm going to be honest, the past couple of weeks. And, man, um, <laughs> this is just incredibly vulnerable to share with you guys because it's like I have, I have no idea which way is up right now. I just know that um, a lot of things just aren't right. They don't feel right. And... I'm having to go back and look at, well, why is it that I feel the way that I do and what's contributing to that, right? So I went and looked um, at the Episcopal Church website and I'm like, you know, am I making this stuff up? Like, did I really experience this stuff? Was I just immature? Like, is this an accurate representation? Like, why is it that I feel this segregation why do I feel that like I don't know like is the Episcopal Church mainly white like I don't know like these are the questions that I have and I think when you're in a really big unraveling you do a lot of questioning of I mean is there a valid reason that I feel this way or is this just all made up in my head am I looking for somebody to blame right and so it's interesting because I went and looked on the Episcopal website and there's an article um, that says um, that pressure mounts to remove Confederate symbols from Episcopal institutions. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm just, I'm at the tip of the iceberg with this stuff of unraveling. Um, the role in my religious upbringing with perpetuating racial hierarchy and patriarchal views. I mean, it's just, it's so much, it's so much. And my goal with all this personally is just to have a deeper understanding of it. And it's not really to change anybody else. It's really just to understand why these things hurt, why these things never felt right, why I felt like I needed to leave this institution, um, why I still feel so incredibly scared by it. Um, where the intersection is between spirituality and, and social justice. Like what's, what's the point of spiritual growth and spiritual awakening if it's not going to change the world, if it's only just going to change you? Um, just really, really big questions. So 
yeah, I'm kind of one of those people that like, I can't, um, I can't pretend that this isn't happening in my life. (laughs) And so as much as I would love this podcast episode to be about like giving you some beautiful nuggets of wisdom that are all packaged up in a pretty little box with a pretty little bow, say, here you go. This is for your own spiritual growth and awakening and evolution. I hope it serves you well. Instead, I feel like I'm handing you like (laughs) this complete mess on a plate and I'm not even trying to give it to you as a gift. I'm like, wow, like look at this, look at this plate that I'm working on right now. Doesn't this feel intense? And that's just kind of where I am in this whole um, unraveling process. And I don't know if it's wise or smart to share all of these big questions when I don't really have any solid answers yet. But I know for me personally, there's something to be said about sharing um, the behind the scenes and sharing the truth of where you are, because in reality, that's really all I have. It's all you have. Um, We can put on really great masks and fronts to pretend everything's okay. But I've just, I've done that for so long that I'm not really interested in that anymore. So. Is every single podcast episode moving forward going to be about this? No. Um, But this episode needed to be because I've just been in a really heavy space and I have a feeling if I'm feeling these things, there might be other people who are feeling them too. So I appreciate you um, just sharing space with me today and letting me share a little bit about what's been happening in my world the past couple of weeks. And... I'm just looking forward to where we go from here. So I will see you guys next week for another episode on Wild and Holy Radio.